0: It's time for another Dave and Darren. Top five things. 69, dude. Oh, we'll get to that. Maybe. My name, is, <laughs> my name is Dave. This gentleman's name is Darren. And you're about to hear the top five things that happened on our morning show, which you can listen to at uh, Planet 93.9.
1: Right. This particular podcast here is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. They have two locations, one in Milan, one in Galesburg. Myland they're open every day. Galesburg they're open weekdays and Saturdays. The Myland store offers both medicinal and recreational. Galesburg is recreational only and they have those recreational waiting lists. Those are available. You can reserve your time. Do that by going to the website that would be ntillinois.com. Here we go. Number 1. 1 1, one. Number 1. How'd your weekend treat you, pal? Uh mm, they mm, Boy, what I did to cover five was not good. Oh, did you have a rough week? I had a tough one. Do yeah. not take San Francisco. How bad did that? I think that game in itself cost me like, was it 40 points? No <laughs> kidding.
0: Something stupid. Oh, wow. Yeah, I stayed away from that one.
1: Something ridiculous.
0: I think I'm like negative three points for the week, which actually is uh, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> compared to the rest of like I have negative three points, but somehow I'm in the top half. Negative so I think it was bad for everybody.
1: Minus 34. Oh, wow. Uh, because of the San Francisco game. And then the Kansas City game, minus 20 and a half. Yeah. The other games I did... F- Fairly well, but uh, that still left me with minus 30 points. I think we we still have a couple games to be played. One tonight, and they're going to play on Tuesday? Is that's, that what they're saying? I think that's what the plan is, yes. Right now, Ron Morse is something of a runaway winner of Week 5. He's got 76 points. Our closest in second place is Get Lucky with 51.5 points, but Get Lucky's got the Monday night game and the Tuesday night game, which I guess are going to get played.
0: 156 players. Uh, For this week, I'm at negative three points. Not bad. Yeah, (laughs) right? Negative three points uh, out of 156 players. Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess... I'm 133rd for the week. I just got back from the golf course where I actually played pretty well. I did not. What I did to cover five this weekend where would should, you, should not be allowed. Where would you guess now? Out of 156
0: players, I have negative three points. Where would you guess that puts me? What position? 69th.
1: Come on. 69, dudes! Yeah. That's exactly where I'm I at, buddy. Fa- that is exactly where I'm at. I've fallen from like 15th to 55th. Oh, no. So we're neighbors now. Rough week. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in
0: 117th place overall for the season, so oh, I'm still not okay. doing it. I'm still at negative 30 points for the year. Uh, but, yeah, that Arizona game and that Houston game treated Big Papa real nice. Real nice indeed. I... The Bengals was a mistake. Who ended up winning that Steelers-Eagles
1: game? Do you know off the top of your head? Because I didn't really. The I was Eagles... doing things other than watching football no, yesterday. No, th- th- uh, the Steelers won. And I actually got a couple points out of that.
0: I actually played pretty well myself.
1: But uh, what I did to cover five this weekend should not be allowed.
0: No, no. So a uh, rough weekend for you, huh?
1: Yes. At least cover five wise. Did you do Tough anything stuff. else other than it was cover- lose at cover five? That was just it. Cover five. That was all that was I all was you did.
0: Just bad at cover five. You had a better weekend than this guy that works at Target out in Vegas, where a woman showed up. this is this this guy's fiance, uh, she showed up in a wedding dress with a bridesmaid and a pastor and told the, her uh, fiance it that works there now. at the Target, we're doing this now or, or it's over. Shows up at Target in the wedding dress with a bridesmaid and a pastor saying, you're going. either going to marry me now or we're
1: done. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait for my break.
0: Well, there is that. I will say as someone who has worked in retail, not, just... not Target, but uh, a similar experience. Not as good as Target. <laughs> no, no, uh, Target. Uh, aspire to Jeez, work at Lord, Target. You I have to know somebody to work at Target. Uh, but but in my day adventure, you just couldn't have friends no. come over and get married no, in the middle of your shift. that's
1: stealing company time, that's isn't it? That's
0: right. It's... Shoppers at Target in Vegas getting a shock when the bride is roaming the aisles. I bet that's fun Look, too. as she's scanning the I store? I know he's here somewhere.
1: <laughs> he better be here. He says he's here.
0: Dressed in a white wedding gown, carrying a bouquet, she ambushed her fiance. Uh, he was busy, by the way, putting Halloween costumes up on the shelves.
1: That's very believable.
0: She says, "You're doing this right here and right now." Uh, there's a, uh, a couple of videos, and I think these are this is a real thing because of the one. The videos are by people who clearly are, are just shoppers who are embarrassed to watch this go down. And the footage has now gone viral, uh, being watched over 5 million times. Wow. Uh, she says, the bride says, you put this ring on my finger two years ago, and it's time to do it or get out. Yeah, we're getting married right now, or I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm done. Like, if you don't marry me this second... I brought it past her. I brought Emily. She's my bridesmaid. Emily's standing there in her bridesmaid dress with her mask on, saying, oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> Crowd gathers to watch all of this drama unfold. huh. She then turns to the onlookers and says, Listen, I'm just trying to get this guy to finally commit. We're getting, quote, we're getting married now, yeah. or like... It's over. We've got witnesses. And this dope is just standing there, quietly, just trying to figure out. And he's doing that thing where he's scratching his head, (laughs) like, Okay, how do I get out of this? I think I've got bugs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. People start applauding her. No. And then they're encouraging the guy to do it. Do it. And then this guy says, uh, he basically says to her, Can we maybe go outside and have a conversation? No. all of these people this is not okay yeah and and then at one point you hear him on the video saying someone could have told me about this and then they walk off screen we don't know what happens oh, after that okay. my guess is they didn't get married no that's my guess but we don't know a wedding ambush with everything that's going on now at a target
1: where do you think they might honeymoon
0: Wow, I, Macy's? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how that works. This dope's just standing there in his khaki pants, and Denver his red mattress polo shirt. Yeah, uh, uh, people are saying that this guy made the right call if he said no. Um, someone, someone replies here on the on the post. Read the room, sis. He don't want you. <laughs> oh, jeez. She's wearing a fanny pack. And uh, by the way, the bridesmaids dress, the zipper is undone on the back. Get it. Also, some people calling into question the fact that the pastor was willing to go along with it. That this might be a stunt, right? Well, I'm... This is all hourly. I don't know. I don't know. She's. She looks like she's she's ready to do this right now. Nice. She's got the wedding dress on and a fanny pack for all the stuff. Uh-huh. She wants it to happen right then and right now, but uh yeah, I don't know how that I, I think this ended up not happening. <laughs> Look at this is my favorite. This dope just standing there scratching his head like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about any of this. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You could do worse. I will say this, yeah. I mean, just just grading superficially on looks. Absolutely. Uh, I would say she's she's a seven to an eight. This guy's pushing a four. Like this, if I were this fella, I would have jumped into her arms and said, "Carry me over the threshold. Let's
1: do this thing." I would say he's maybe a four when he wears lifts. <laughs> Take me to bed or lose me forever.
0: Exactly. Number two. 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 John Cryer, the actor, Uh best known for being... Ducky. (laughs) I knew you were going to say Ducky. Blaine? The the man won... Blaine? His name's Blaine? That's not a name that's an appliance. (laughs) The man won several Emmys for his role on uh, Two and a Half Month. Well, he did that too. But he's just going to be Ducky for all of us. I'm with you. Like I would have said, if we're going to play the uh, word association game and you say John Cryer, I'm gonna throw Ducky out too.
1: Was he in more than one John Hughes movie, or was that it? I'm not. I, I you know I
0: can't stand John Hughes movies, so I'm not the one to ask.
1: Yeah, I can't, they have, I can't stand they,
0: most John Hughes movies. I'll just say that.
1: They haven't aged well.
0: No. Bad stuff.
1: <laughs> you know what we watched last night as a family? What? And uh, now who's whose choice? Who picked? The boy? The, the wife, because it was the her wife. birthday. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
0: And we watched...
1: Although it's in the evening. It's like,
0: your birthday's kind of old. We
1: watched a movie that's 40 years old last night.
0: And, yeah, it was...
1: 10? Um...
0: <laughs> that's right, Darren. We watched Dudley Moore in 10. Nice. Nice. No. My sister's
1: got it on VHS if you need it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie we watched is a movie that I have on VHS, because my wife expressed a desire to watch it, and I said, well, I have it on VHS. I don't know that we have a VCR, though, so it doesn't do a lot of good. Uh-huh. And I think I watched it once on VHS when I got it from, like, Columbia House
1: VHS. So then how did you obtain it?
0: Uh, we rented it. Oh, okay. Went out and rented the uh, rented the DVD of yeah. the 1980 Masterpiece. yeah. The Blues Brothers. Ah. Which is an interesting movie to revisit after having not seen it forever, uh-huh. but seen it a million times. Because the version that we watched, I guess, was released some 15 years ago. It has all this new footage that's in it. Oh. Uh, originally, the plan for the Blues Brothers was.
1: Now, it wasn't Blues Brothers 2000. No, that would <laughs> never. I would never show that in my home.
0: No. The okay. original plan for the movie was it was going to be kind of a. a roadshow kind of situation where they wanted to make it like it's a mad, 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 mad world where it was going to be this On the long road. movie and there was going to be an intermission in the middle of it. Uh huh. So there's a lot of footage that wasn't in the movie that you and I they, saw. They cut it down. Yeah, they cut it down. And then it turns out there's like another 45 minutes of the movie that just got thrown away. Yeah. They can't read it. But they that's in find. there. Well, a lot of the... The movie starts where they're like trying to wake uh, Jake up in prison. And I'm like... I don't remember this. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these other things that are happening. And I'm like, I don't remember this. How do I, I have this movie memorized. I don't remember the penguin saying this line. And I don't remember like when, when, uh, when John Lee Hooker's doing boom, 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 he does like the whole song. I'm like, no, that's only like 30 seconds. So then it dawns on me like, wait a minute. Did, did, Did we get some sort of special edition? when We rented this. It turns out we did. Okay, so
1: you didn't know that going in.
0: No, but for a while I was freaking out because there was there was this whole scene where Elwood parks his car in a secret garage that is a, a CTA power station and the, the, the CTA power station somehow gives the Bluesmobile supernatural powers. Mm. And there's this whole scene where he's like parking the car. I'm like... I have no memory
1: of this. So a bit of a Ghostbusters thing.
0: Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, right. Ghostbusters was originally written as a, uh, a Aykroyd Belushi movie that was supposed to be. And then, you know, Speedballs to Chateau Marmont through a, a monkey wrench in the works for that one. Anyway, we watched the, the Bluestbusters. Thank brothers. you, Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, it was great to see that movie uh, for for the first time in mm-hmm. the longest time. And the boy liked it? The boy doesn't like anything that's not <laughs> new and current.
1: And the thing is, too. It, like, if you think I'm going to time travel back 40 years. Yeah, that's the thing. You're I crazy. Mean, I mean, it would be like You watched something me, from it, the 30s. Right. Well, but you did. I mean, you watched The Wizard of Oz. That was 40 years before you. I can always tell that he's enjoying a movie
0: when, you know, 20 minutes in, he'll, he'll say this. How much longer is this movie?
1: It's well, like, it's it's a movie. It's longer than twenty minutes. It's not. <laughs> it's not a show. It's not a TV show. It's a movie. Well,
0: when they were driving through the mall, he was dying laughing. I'm like, okay, well, this will work. And when the nun was, you know, swatting him around with the with the ruler, he was like dying that. laughing. I'm like, yeah. good,
1: all right, he's on board. Destruction and discipline. I right? like that.
0: And then they're driving on Maxwell Street. He's like, how much? Uh, how much longer do you think this movie is? I'm like, okay.
1: Sorry. If you, if you had to guess,
0: you know how uh, much, right? This uh, is one of the more. greatest movies ever made. I'm sorry, it's not as entertaining as watching some guy with an, you know, an Irish accent play Fortnite for an hour and a half on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, but that's where we're at. How much longer would you would you say this movie? If is? you had to guesstimate, yeah. well. It's hard to guesstimate because there's a lot in this movie that I don't remember being in the movie.
1: Oh, you should have told him that. This movie's a lot longer than the original cut.
0: I didn't know that. What?
1: The... You're right. We're watching the director's cut with a bunch of additional scenes? That's what we're doing. At least 45 more minutes. I don't... Oh.
0: At least 45 when minutes. When is
1: mom's birthday uh, over? You know,
0: as much fun as it is watching James Brown... Uh, do this church scene. It'd be more fun if it was some dope with a goofy
1: accent playing Fortnite. That's what I'm into. The thing is, they call it a birthday, not a birth night. (laughs) I think you're done.
0: I mentioned John Cryer because there's this great story that he tells, something that happened to him over the weekend. And he tells the story in a series of tweets here. He says, on Friday night, the rain was pouring down here in Vancouver. I was walking along the seawall, headed to meet a few folks from the cast. I pulled my hand out of my pocket and heard a ping to my left. I walked a couple more steps and realized my wedding ring was gone. I panicked. I looked around, trying to see if something was glinting on the pavement, but it was raining and there were only a few lampposts with working lights, so nothing. I pulled out my phone and turned on my flashlight, not much but worth a try. The rain keeps coming down, and it's hard to tell which direction the ring might have bounced. The seawall is only three feet away, but it's on the right. Is it possible it fell into the water? There's no way to check at night, especially in the rain. Still scouring the pavement, and I'm getting a little choked up. My wife and I have been married since 2007, and it's hard to be away from each other. With quarantine, in effect, I can't travel back and forth to see her while I'm shooting, which sucks spectacularly. Losing my ring is making the pain more acute. I redouble my efforts and attempt a soggy half-assed grid search. In the dark, it's really difficult to judge distance and where you've been. There's also a strip of grass along the path. Could it possibly have rolled that far? I'm drenched now, and I'm late to meet my friends, so I give up. I'm despondent. I figure I'll come back at sunup, and hopefully the rain will be done. The next morning, I'm there at sunrise with the joggers. It is again difficult to place exactly where the ring fell off. I can't remember which lamppost I was close to. The pavement is pretty clean, thankfully, but there are a lot of crevices along the seawall. I check out the grass strip. Puddles a couple inches deep all over. I see something glinting in one of them. Could it be? Nope, it's a pair of glasses. I trudge home and list it on Craigslist in the Lost and Found section. I list my ring as well, but a link pops up for something called the Ring Finders. It's a network of people who specialize in finding lost rings. I email. I'm contacted by Chris. He tells me it could be very tough when you're dealing with a paved walkway that is well-traveled. It's likely somebody already found it. But he can come out the next day with his metal detector. The next day we meet up, and he's already been to the location to check it out. He's not optimistic. He says this will probably be what they call a closure search. In other words, the search that will likely be fruitless, but will at least allow me to know that we've tried everything. We've got our own jargon. We've surveyed <laughs> <Okay>. the pavement, <laughs> okay. and there's still no sign. Uh-huh. He casually mentions that he'd be happy to come back at low tide with a wetsuit to check out the water. <laughs> of course he would. It's a remarkable <laughs> offer, but I'd hate for him to have to go to that length when it just seems so unlikely. He checks the grass strip with the metal detector while I inspect the cracks in the seawall. We expand the search area a bit while I yammer on, and he pulls out his phone and says, hey, wait, can I ask you a question? And I come over, and he leans down, and he grabs a wad of grass from the ground. He pulls away a few blades from the clump, and he says, is this what your ring looks like? He wipes the clump, revealing a glint of silver, and I'm stunned. Chris's face lights up. He's taking video of the reveal. He loves this. And I stammer out, are you serious? And I look closer, and yep, that's my ring. I'm beside myself. Chris is awesome. He says the ring finders are all over, and they really love doing this for a living because it makes people so happy, and he's not wrong. So uh, this, is, this is a... Like a
1: detecting
0: service that's all over that has locations. If you lose a ring, call the ring finders.
1: Let me ask you this. Uh Uh-huh. If he hadn't found the ring, what does a closure search cost?
0: (laughs) Well. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing it for nothing. No. Yeah. We're the ring finders. We're here to give you closure. Yes. It can't be found.
1: And it's not... Closure isn't free.
0: You're out a ring. You're also out the sixty-five dollars an hour, an hour, an hour I,
1: and we've been here. I'm sorry to tell you, yeah. sixty-two minutes. <laughs> so that's a buck thirty,
0: Ducky. I'm going to need a extra couple of bucks uh-huh. just to make this worth my while.
1: You feel better about
0: things. <laughs> here's that.
1: I've given you closure, and isn't that the greatest gift of all? And here's your receipt. Greater just... than even a ring sign here and initial here, that'd be marvelous.
0: Well, if you ever do find yourself in a situation where
1: you've lost a ring and if you can find them, maybe you should call the Ring Finders. Thank you. Or um, I I believe Larry has a satellite office. Now tell that story. He found a a ring that had been missing. Now he was just a boy. He was playing Little League, right? Little League. Well, he was on the team. He was I don't know, not paying attention. Looking for looking for things out in right field more than fly balls. Uh-huh. And he ended up finding a ring that had been, I think, missing for more than twenty or thirty years. This would have been like in the nineteen early nineteen sixties. Right. So something that went missing in the forties or such. And then he ended up in the would have been the Andover paper, I believe. That he had found the ring. That he had found the ring and there he was. And then someone with claimed a couple, the ring. Right. With this uh, couple yeah. at the time. Right. I don't know that he ever received any sort of reward. I remember him being still, salty about that. Still yes. kind of, um, yeah. His
0: reward was that he got to be in the paper. Yeah. I think that's what the guy told him.
1: Which I don't think he found satisfactory. Well, why would he?
0: No. That's not that's not a reward, being in the paper. Yeah. But a little something for the effort. This ring was lost 20 years.
1: Listen, listen, buddy, I can get in this paper anytime I want. <laughs>
0: Do you know who I am? There are plenty. I'm
1: Little Lermo. There, there, there are plenty of stunts that I can pull to get on the front page if I'm Stop. that desperate.
0: Stop yourself. Well, I don't know. I just thought that was a cool story. That that that. Yeah. You know, I can imagine I did, I did. how frustrating that is. I and now, then to find the ring from the ring ring finders. Uh, that's great.
1: Well, maybe that's something that you could do. You've been talking about. Turn it into some sort of sideline business. You're I, the ring finder. I
0: don't know that I want to do it as a business. I want to do it as a hobby. I think that could be fun as a hobby to be someone that helps people recover lost jewelry. You're
1: not comfortable charging somebody for no. If it's a, a wedding ring no. Or a
0: s- search, no. When you think of the emotional attachment, the sentimental attachment someone has to a ring, I don't want to sully it with money. I would rather just like this is something I want to do once I retire. Which, by the way, uh, <laughs> is not I've, looking I've, good. Well, I've I've had a review of my finances, and it's never going to happen. Never.
1: So there's that. But S- sat down with a professional, huh? I, I took a look, and uh,
0: yeah, you know that uh, that weirdo with the beard that, uh, that that sits you down on the couch and the TV commercials with the glasses. He came uh, over, and yeah. he was like. I don't know how to tell you this, but... Uh, You're a little behind. You should be in jail. Uh. What? Number three. 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 A uh, story here of drug tourism. And this is drug tourism, not people going to uh, countries where they can they can have drugs. Yeah. Uh, the, the, these are people uh, in the Dutch coastal town of Boersele, where... You know, you can you can go to Amsterdam if you want to be a drug tourist and probably take a tour. Sure. Uh, but since Tuesday afternoon, they're in Borsele, the Dutch coastal town. You you're supposed to call it uh, the Netherlands, not Holland anymore. Okay. They they they've the, used to be the two terms were synonymous. Uh, Holland is a is a part of Abortion, the Netherlands, yeah. right. That would be like calling the United States Texas. Chicago. Right. Uh, So, in the Netherlands, in the Dutch coastal town of Borsalais, since last Tuesday, almost 300 packages of cocaine have washed ashore on the beach. And people are visiting this beach in giant numbers,
1: Mm -hmm. hoping to find another big package of cocaine. See, now you would have quite a fight on your hands if you were trying to close that beach. (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to know.
0: Well, they have shut down the beaches, it turns out. The beach and surrounding area have been cordoned off, but
1: people continue to arrive looking can, for these packages. Can I help? I've got my own signs. What, something of a hobby. What could be done?
0: <laughs> Police arresting these folks that are showing up in the beaches after they've been shut down. Yeah, they say nearly 300 packages containing cocaine washed ashore on the Kalut Beach in Borselais. For us as the police, this naturally resulted in some extra work at first, this Facebook page uh, post says. But the aftermath has also kept us busy. People from all over the Netherlands are coming here to try their luck on the beach. Because perhaps, yes, even more packages will wash up. Several people have been fined or arrested for trespassing on the nearby dunes. Beachcomber arrested here with uh, 30 pony packs of cocaine.
1: I'll take the pony pack, please.
0: What is a pony pack of cocaine? I'm not familiar with that term.
1: Sounds like a lot if it if it requires a horse. That's not how much cocaine is in a pony pack. I've heard of a pony keg.
0: So is it similar to that like it's <laughs> or is it like uh, a little cuz ponies are little? Just a little bit of blow? How does that work? What is a pony pack? That's.
1: That could be something that that person just came up with.
0: <laughs> just came up with the term. Did you have any own. success? Yeah, I scored a
1: couple pony packs. Got a
0: couple pony packs of cocaine. Pretty, pretty pleased with that. <laughs> pretty happy. Yeah, I didn't. Not for nothing. This
1: guy over here is trying to close the beach. <laughs> Real square. Hello.
0: Police saw that people were searching along the water line. Two men who it turns out had driven quite a way to reach the beach, told the cops they were there, quote, to get some fresh air. Prove me wrong. During a check of the men in their car, police found 30 small pony pack packages of cocaine. One of the men was arrested and transferred to a a local prison in Middleburg. The police writing here in a post... That fortune seeker had some bad luck today. Mm, Middleburg prison. Yeah, the cocaine uh, wrapped in so-called pony packs, which they say are small folded envelopes containing the narcotics. Yeah, that's just a little pony pack. No big deal. Just, uh, you know, a little something to... You can barely get
1: a pony high on this (laughs) stuff. I'm higher than
0: a pony's butt right now, man. That's not that high. Yeah, right. It's just a little blow. No big deal. I'm <laughs> warning you, do not. Down to the waterline. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to get some fresh air. Is that why you guys are sniffling like uh-huh. that? huh <sighs> Ah,
1: that's good. <laughs> <coughs>
0: Pony pack!
1: Four. 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 four Darren
0: spends a lot of time when the records are playing here at Planet 93.9. At least once a day, obsessing, he will say, you know, I don't think the McRib is coming back. <laughs> and I know that sounds like, like I'm hyperbole, e- exaggerating for a comedic effect. It's absolutely the truth. We'll be in the middle of a U2 record, and then Darren will just say, I don't, I don't, think, you, I don't think we're
1: getting the McRib. Well, typically, it's back by October 7th. That's, yeah. Typically. And October 7th is coming and gone.
0: October 7th, how do you have that date in your head? I have information. Let me ask you this. When was the last time the McRib was rolled out nationwide? Nation- the McDonald's said, hey, the McRib is back at every McDonald's. Last year? The answer is 2010. Hmm. It has been 10 years since the McRib has been something that has been rolled out nationwide. At every
1: McDonald's. Okay, so this is basically the decision of the people who own the franchises. It's more of a regional thing, yeah. Or a regional, yeah,
0: yeah. And and it's big in the Midwest. McRib doesn't sell well on the coasts, so McRib is something that means a lot to us here. But there have been, there are plenty of McDonald's that haven't had another menu, Darren, in a decade. It's
1: just that there are so many, there have been so many changes to fast food menus. Mm-hmm. To make things easier during the pandemic that I'm just thinking that they just consider it too messy, too much, too much work. They're trying to make things as easy as possible for people in the kitchens. Yeah. And I think maybe the McRib is a bridge too far. <laughs> maybe now's not the time to roll out the McRib. As, right. With- as
0: you mentioned, multiple fast food locations and restaurants, not just McDonald's have decided it's just easier to have less on the menu to get people in and out. Right. Right. Well, according to the folks at McRib Locator, now this is a website devoted to finding when McRib comes out. Yes, I'm aware of it. They say a few bits of information point to when the sandwich will return. Mm -hmm. First, throughout the calls that we have made, we have uh, indicated a, a date range. Those that indicated it would be back have replied that McRib would be back toward the end of October. Hmm. A number of stores have indicated they're just not sure. But it would seem the volume of certainty would suggest a very limited release this year. Not to worry, history shows that some future promotions that McDonald's uh, has done do not start showing up until a month before the planned release. But we are here in that window, the McRib locator says. That's exactly right. So we are not alarmed yet to the scale of the McRib season. One fan in Atlanta was in contact with an owner of multiple stores there, and they're indicating a late October release. October surprise. A second hint of when the sandwich will be released is from our historical archives, They write, That's right. Reviewing our archives. Again, this is a website that's devoted to when the McRib gets launched. Let's take a look at facts reviewing our archives to see exactly when the McRib has returned in the past. This year, being a presidential election year, we looked back at the past few presidential election years, and again we see that same late October, first week of November, as the most likely date for the McRib to return. So they're saying right around Election Day. Okay. Where will the McRib return? Ah, now that's the question. They're saying October 29th through November 5th is the window they feel the most certainty about forecasting its return. Which locations will have the McRib? They say that is still uncertain. With the state of things this year, we wouldn't think there would be a return to all locations. Also, historically, we know that new offerings on the menu can prevent the McRib from returning as focus is put on the new offering. The emphasis currently appears to be on musician-labeled meals. Yes. As they are now on the second of these pairings. That's true. The campaign may draw conflict in
1: some markets. Right, because you had your Travis Scott. Yeah. And now you have your Jay Balvin? Who is that? I don't know. Am I saying that correct? I don't know who that is. His meal is a Big Mac, fries. Yeah. And then a Oreo McFlurry. If you were to order the Jay Balvin meal, that's what you would get. If they were to put together the Dave Lavora uh, McDonald's meal, what would be what would we be ordering? Uh, that would be
0: two cheeseburgers, no pickles, no onions. <laughs> a medium fry and a coke. Okay. Kind
1: of boring. Two. No one's gonna be doing that. Jay Bolvin, two childlike hamburgers, French fries, and a soda. I think I would be a little more adventurous, and I don't know that they offer this, but I mm-hmm. think they should. The, the the fish McRib. The what? Put a fillet of fish on a McRib. Gross! It'd be delicious.
0: Why would that would be nasty? The McFish Rib. Who would eat that?
1: I would. Give me the Di-
0: no. Di- <laughs> Are you in a hurry to spend all day in the bathroom?
1: Yeah. Give me give me, me a. You would put a
0: filet of r- fish on top of a McRib? Sure. By the way, uh this Jay Balvin, who, again, I don't know who that is. Uh, I guess he's he's known for songs called I Vamos and Mi Gente. Right on. He also did a collaboration with Cardi B. Uh his his meal is a Big Mac that doesn't have the pickle on it. Huh. So he's like me. Yeah, he likes what he likes, just like you. Yes, we're essentially the same person. So does this Jay Balvin meal somehow mean that they're not going to do the McRib because they're focusing on this whole eat what musicians eat meal. That Travis Scott was so popular that they sold out of things, right? Did they? Now, do you get something other than this is what the musician eats? Do they give you like a download of a song or something? Why, why, the, why the focus on musicians? I
1: don't know. Seems to be working.
0: They say uh, the emphasis seems to be on these musician-labeled meals. As they are now in the second of these pairings, the campaign may draw conflict in some markets. That is what we currently have for information on the McRib returning in 2020 within the U.S. markets. Unless... As we get closer to the release date, more information should become available. And we will share that as it does.
1: Can't you just have a musician whose choice is the McRib?
0: Yeah, I mean, that solves your problem. Right. Hi, everybody. I'm David Foster, and I love the McRib sandwich.
1: Who would you get as the McRib? Hello. Spokesperson. I'm famed composer and (laughs) arranger David Foster, and I secretly love the McRib.
0: Hello, friends. I'm Yo-Yo Ma. Have I told you how much I love the McRib sandwich? Get it now for a limited
1: time. Do you know how many cellos I've ruined with a McRib? (laughs)
0: I get the sauce all over the strings and everything. You can't
1: even sell these for scrap parts after I'm done with it.
0: The most recent sighting of a McRib, according to the good people at the McRib locator, uh, the most reading si- recent sighting was on September the 17th at a McDonald's in Galapagar, Spain. Uh, this year? Yes. They had one in Spain at Galapagar, Spain. So is that... Did they find one way back in the freezer and decide to...
1: Spain's got all their ducks in a row, apparently.
0: (laughs) The McRib locator people, they take this as seriously as you do. Hello, everyone.
1: (laughs) Although, I'm only going to need the one McRib. Remember the year that Darren... Oh, who am I kidding? You always buy the second one for a
0: dollar. Darren, for years would do this, he would get McRibs and he would buy extra, and then he would refrigerate them. Freeze them. them. And then your idea was that you would thaw them out and eat them in front of people yeah, with, to act like, like a big shot.
1: Yes, and for spite. Look at me, it's March and I'm eating a McRib. hmm Don't ask me where I got it. I, I won't tell you.
0: <laughs> Refuse.
1: Five. 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 There's a
0: story of an Italian teenager who could become the first millennial saint. Hmm. Carlo Acutis, who died of leukemia in 2006 when he was 15 years old. They would make him a millennial. He's been dubbed the patron saint of the internet, although he's not technically a saint, not yet. But over the weekend, he got closer to becoming a saint. Uh, This Italian teenager used the internet to spread his faith on the path to becoming the Catholic Church's first millennial saint, he was beatified over the weekend at a uh, ceremony in the town of Assisi. Once you get beatified, then you're a step closer to becoming a saint.
1: So what were his miracles?
0: Well, uh, the purported miracles happened uh, online, I guess. Uh, there's a, a, they, they do a lot of investigation into this stuff. Uh, He's been placed now on the path to sainthood after the Vatican ruled that he saved a boy's life. The church claims that he interceded from heaven. Again, this kid died in 2006. He interceded from heaven in 2013 to cure a Brazilian boy who was suffering from a rare pancreatic disease. He is believed to be the youngest contemporary person to be beatified. And that's the last stage before you become a saint. So he's, he's...
1: Don't you need more than close. one miracle? You do.
0: You do. So now they have to, have to get that figured out. They had this ceremony at the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi on Saturday, and his uh, portrait was unveiled. Uh, they say that he used the internet in service of the gospel. So th- there's that. A kid, you know, kid who was 15 in 2006, now on the path to becoming a saint.
1: And what's his name again?
0: Uh, Carlo Acutis. St. Carlo. St. Carlo. The patron saint of the internet is what they call him, but again, he's, uh, he's not a saint yet. Born in May of 1991. And he, he could be apparently taught himself, uh, he had a passion for computers and taught himself how to code at a young age. Considered a computer genius. Died from leukemia and uh, again, will become, looks pretty looks pretty like a good bet. Like if you could make mo- if you could place wagers on who's going to be uh, a saint. Uh, first, you got to wait a while. Someone dies. Like if you were to die, you got to wait a little while, right? You, you have to wait until at least five years after you, you Kinda die. Kind of like the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. There's a five year cooling off period.
1: First ballot uh, sainthood now is the, what you'd be shooting the for. The Pope
0: can waive that if he wants to. Uh, Then you have to become what they call a servant of God. They have an investigation. The church does an investigation to see if you've lived your life with
1: sufficient holiness. They might be shocked with what they find.
0: Well, I was going to say, if the internet was around and I was a 15-year-old boy, uh, believe me, I I would probably be doing stuff that would be... uh,
1: uh, Not that saintly. No.
0: (laughs) Uh, Negative. Uh, Then you have to you're called a servant of god once they get enough evidence that you were a holy person then you have to show proof of something that they call heroic virtue right there's a department that does this might
1: be a struggle there mm,
0: yeah well it's not happening for me then the pope decides whether or not you've lived a life of heroic virtue you get up to the point where they put some paperwork in front of the pope and the pope what if goes. i
1: get a pope
0: well it's got to be the pope what about a pope? So then you, you become what's known as venerable. That's like step one. And then when you verify that a miracle happened, then beatification happens. And you are, you are given the title of blessed.
1: I might be venerable, but I think that's maybe about as far as it goes. You think that's as far as you could
0: get? Incidents need to be verified by evidence before they're accepted. And then you're given the title of blessed. And then you're uh, canonized. That's the last step. Once you're canonized, you are a saint. I've got... You need that second miracle, though, and it has to be attributed to you. So he's, this guy is one miracle away. This kid is a miracle away from becoming an honest-to-God saint. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Patron saint of the internet. We're Dave and Darren, and this is Planet 93.9.
1: and beverages, as well as whole bean coffee and loose leaf tea, biscotti, breakfast cookies, all natural oatmeal, muffins, and more. They've got some October specials going on right now, including their pumpkin pie lattes and hot chai tea, the East Moline Coffee Company, 3537 Archer Drive, just north of United Township High School.
0: We were discussing a millennial that might become the first millennial saint. As impressive as it is. To be the patron saint of the internet, mm-hmm. to be a, a teenage saint.
1: Not a teenage werewolf.
0: No. Here in the United States, just hours before he turned 13, a young man named Jackson Oswald fused together two deuterium atoms using a fuser that he built in the playroom of his family home in Memphis, Tennessee. That means Jackson Oswald, who again, did this just hours before his 13th birthday, has become the world's youngest person to achieve nuclear fusion. The achievement verified by Fuser.net, the open-source Fuser Research Consortium. I guess this is something you can do mm-hmm. for fun in your, in your house.
1: Well, you want to stay on his good
0: side. This has been confirmed by fusion researcher Richard Hull, who maintains a list of amateur scientists who have figured out how to achieve this fusion at home. First introduced to nuclear fusion when he was 12, while he was doing research online. He then learned about Taylor Wilson, a self-taught nuclear physicist, who also achieved nuclear fusion at a young age. This ultimately inspired him to build a fuser himself. He clarified that he was the only person to have any involvement in its designer production. This is not something he had help from his
1: folks on. Mm -hmm. This is not like the Pinewood Derby.
0: (laughs) Move, I'll do that. Rui, your car's gonna look stupid. Give me that, I'll fix it.
1: Everyone's gonna know I didn't make it, Dad.
0: Shut up. You want to win or not? Not really. He was not always convinced, it says here, that he'd be able to obtain fusion. He's achieved a Guinness World Record title uh, for being the youngest to ever do it. The idea of attempting nuclear fusion with, in an ordinary household seemed impossible at first. His friends and family didn't understand what he was attempting to do. Many thought the project was a bit outlandish, but Jackson continued despite the doubts and eventually showed his close, cer- showed his close circle that his plans were not only real, but also well thought out. If, if my 11-year-old said he was going to build this in my house... I'm going to need to know. There's, first of all, there's not a chance. Absolutely not. No. What are your intentions? Within his home, it says here, his lab is quite extensive. He says there's too many parts to even write down. And although the pandemic has kept him at home, he's been exploring the infinite amount of learning material online and has been able to continue... Researching his interests. This is uh, this is what this kid did, and now he's looking for the next big thing.
1: I don't even know how chattering teeth work.
0: <laughs> I don't know how the monkey that bangs the cymbals together works. None of my business. Magic, I suppose.
1: Barrel full, barrel full of monkeys confuses me.
0: I don't know, I don't know how any of that works.
1: Oh, look at the They hang together, I guess. Is
0: it all over, Rock? I guess so.
1: I didn't think it would be like this.
0: Well, that was today's Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things podcast. Thanks for downloading it and subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review when you get a moment for uh, iTunes. However you're enjoying the podcast, thanks for, for
1: being a part of, I'll say
0: it, our family.
1: And thank you to Nature's Treatment of Illinois for sponsoring the podcast They've got a location, Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. Nature's Treatment offers a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower, vapes, and edibles. You can sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on uh, Twitter, and also Instagram.
0: Till we get a chance to do it for you
1: again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. That's come on, uh, quad, quad Cities, represent. Uh, this uh, is for the Quad Cities uh, Refle Spot. Davin uh, boy, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock guys. Uh, come on, uh, and it just don't stop. Uh, Eat, small, lean, yeah, they keeping it hot, uh. Things went very well. They started off rough. Oh, no. But they ended up swell.